So let's go. Hello, hello, welcome. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you could make it. Welcome, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. And I'm glad to be here with you to geek out about aquarium fish. What could be more fun? We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that don't know where the real mountains are. And um, we're going to do some cool stuff today. I have some notes here. We're going to start with our shipping report as per usual. We're going to talk about an awesome giveaway sponsored by Stephen P. 2003 Aquatics, one of my favorite YouTube channels, and I'll tell you why. Um, show you some neat fish that are available, not from me, but from another seller on Get Gills, but I think it's a, a smoking deal in that this person has really, really good fish. So I want to show you some cool stuff and in a couple other little odds and ends. So let's start with the shipping report. I'm, let me bring up uh, the, the fish I want to show you in just a momento. So that's all ready. We barely, we were frantically running around um, right before we went live trying to fix an issue. You'll probably see it on your screen. I would imagine right up by my the side of my uh, eye here. Oops, this one right here. See that black dot? We were trying to fix that. We've got some schmutz on the sensor of our camera, and uh, you can't touch that. So we were trying to blow it off with uh, with this little doodad. That didn't work. So we tried to blow it off with some compressed air, and that didn't make it go away. But it did smear it. So now you've got a nice smear across instead of just a little dot. So anyway, that's why we were late. We we were uh, I mean one minute late. Can you really count that late? Uh, a wizard is never late. He he arrives precisely when he means to. Um, but anyway, so until we can send the camera in and get it serviced we're gonna have a little dot there just because you don't mess with the sensor you don't want to touch it I'm not sure how that got there but it's there <laughs> um all right let's start with the shipping report let's see i'm i'm guessing nobody's yelling at me that they can't hear anything so i'm guessing audio is good static audio oh it is shoot Uh, the microphone. Is that any better right there? If not, I'm going to have to turn off the camera real quick and turn it right back on. Let's see if that audio is any better. Audio has a popping noise. That might be an old comment though. So could someone say like post fix still good or bad? Okay, let's see here. No, I know exactly. It's still bad. Okay. Just a sec, I gotta turn off the camera real quick and turn it back on, and hopefully that'll fix it. Just a moment. All right, let's try that. This is because trying to fix that dot, I, uh, I got, I, I went at the order of operations of setting this up. I, uh, I broke it. So let's see, still popping after the fix as then ginger. I have a feeling that's the old fix though, hopefully. How about after the camera was turned off? Is it still popping? Man, if it is, I think it is, I, it is still. 
shoot, the only way I know how to do this is turn off the computer, turn off the camera, <laughs> and restart. But I don't think that's going to be possible. Um, let's see here. What else can I do? Let me think. The audio didn't shut up. Okay, let me try one more thing. This might be funky, but I'm going to try it. It's going to get dark for a second, and you'll have no audio. Well, you might have audio, but let's, let's try this. Oh, yeah, the audio wouldn't shut off when the camera shut off just because uh, it's, a, it's a completely different source. But I'm going to try a couple things. I'll see you in just a moment. If I turn off the computer, I'll lose the stream. It's because I unplug this. All right, let's try this. All right. Pull out the mic and reinsert. I already did that, Terry's Tropical Tanks. That was the first thing I tried. What happens is uh, there's an order of operations I have to do. I have to turn off the computer. I have to plug in the camera get it all connected on the cam link to the computer, get all the sound settings on the camera correct, then turn on the computer, and then it'll be fine. What happened is we had that all done, and then we saw that spot, and so we unplugged the camera, went over to try to get it blown off, put it back and plugged everything in, but I plugged it in while the computer was on. That's, that's what happened. All right, let's see if that fixed it at all. I'm not hopeful, but let's see. I mean, we put up with your squeaky chair, we can handle this. The, the other option is I just turn off the computer real quick, do things correctly. It'll only take a couple minutes and then we come back. I'm going to try that guys. Um, we might be back on a totally different stream in just a second. But if it's bad, I don't want to go for an hour, hour and a half with it being bad. It's not too bad? Okay. I wonder what happens if I stop streaming here but not here. Yeah, okay. Random Arms is saying it's good enough. People are saying they can live with it. Okay. Stephen P., sorry, man. Sorry this happened on the stream. You're sponsoring with an awesome $100 giveaway. But there we are. We're just going to roll with it. So that'll be a, a, an exciting eight minutes of content for whoever watches on the replay. <laughs> okay. Shipping report. Two issues. One is um, I had some trouble with some Epistogramma um, Agazizii Double Red. I don't think... It's a systemic problem because I've, I've shipped many, many, many of those from this batch. I think we started with like 200 of them. And um, this is, I believe, the first time we've had problems. So I think they're okay still. I'm going to keep shipping them out unless other people chime in or that I haven't heard from and are like, yeah, we had problems too. We just didn't tell you. Like if, if you haven't talked to me about any problems you had with them um, and you got them from me in the last month or so, then please do let me know because right now I'm shipping them thinking they're okay. And then the other thing we had an issue with was some licorice gouramis that arrived okay, but um, a few a few passed away a few days after they arrived. They were in a quarantine tank with some other species. Um, 
don't know if that stressed them out or if something happened happened in shipping that got them weak or what. But that doesn't bode well for my my thesis of trying to show how strong and hardy they can be after they're acclimated. So <laughs> that's that's taking that statement in the wrong direction. But generally, I think they are. I I think that was maybe something something unexpected happened there as well. Now, if you have received licorice grommies from me and they haven't done well and I haven't heard from you, would you let me know? Because right now I'm assuming they're doing okay as well and that this was just a uh, kind of a random thing that happened, not something wrong with the batch that I need to fix before I send more. So um, I'd like to hear from you. You can do that here live in the chat. Just make it at Dance Fish so it turns orange and uh, I see it. Or if you're someone who doesn't like to talk about that stuff open publicly, I totally understand and respect that. Uh, if you would send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, um, then, then I'll know as well. But I, I kind of rely on the feedback to gauge how we're doing. If there's nothing that looks bad in our tanks on my end um, and they've gone through quarantine and they've been they're eating well and they're fattening up and all that, then all signs on my end indicate that they're good, then I'll ship. Unless I hear from you guys that, hey, they aren't doing good. So every now and then I'll have a batch of fish that we ship and they're healthy, maybe maybe 50 to 200, depending on which fish and the size it came in and things. And they'll go well. And every now and then there might be out of the whole batch, one or two shipments that just for some reason, some random thing happens during shipping or something wasn't perfect in the tank they went in or um, to not blame the customer. Maybe we did something wrong on our end while we were packing um, and, and something goes wrong. But, but generally, generally it's just once or twice if it happens at all. So what I'm looking for in the feedback is a batch of fish where there's multiple people that are like, Hey, I had an issue and someone else, I had an issue and the third person, I had an issue. And it's like, Oh man, people are having issues with these on their end when they receive them. So something's going on here. That's not working. They aren't ready to ship yet. So I, then I remove them from inventory, take some time to try to figure out what's going on. So, so I really do rely on and appreciate all your feedback. Cheers. And by the way, it's it's probably pretty obvious by now, if you've been following me for a while, that I'm not trying to hide that stuff. Um, I feel like if we're open and transparent with each other, we'll end up with a better thing overall in the end. So I don't mind talking about it. Don't feel like you're going to embarrass me if you do a video and something goes wrong or, or whatever. It's uh, it's all okay. It's we're, we're a transparent company. We don't mind that at all. Holy cow. We just got a Uber super chat from Liquid Zoo Only Fins throwing down a hundred bucks. Dan takes care of his fish customers. P.S. Dan, the 173B are still doing great, as are the snowballs from the first order. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. I had a feeling it must have been something in that one tank that just went off kilter. And, and by the way, this is not blaming the customer. I'm not blaming you. It happens to me as well. We recently had a situation where there were a few tanks that we could not figure out what was wrong. There were fish dying in them. We let them lay fallow for a couple weeks, tried again, fish died. 
we totally tore them down, exchanged sponge filters, but, you know, kind of started them from scratch. Had a problem. Eventually, we figured out what it was. It was something we never would have understood. So when we change water, it's all done automatically. And there's these solenoid valves, right? And a valve opens and changes water on a few tanks for 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how big the tank is. Then it shuts off, moves to the next section of tanks, 10 or 15 minutes. And it does that three or four times in each tank overnight. So a tank will get a little bit of water and then it'll move through the rest of the system. And then like two hours later, it'll go back and put a little more water in that tank. So over the course of a night, it does this at nighttime, over the course of a night, we change 33 to 40% of the water in each aquarium just automatically and it's okay to do that much because a we're doing it all the time so the tanks are stabilized to that b when we are putting it in we're putting in only a portion of that and then waiting a couple hours for that to stabilize before we put more in and um and that tends to work really well but what happened is each solenoid valve leads to a specific few tanks but there's a master valve as well and this master valve turns on and off with each of the individual solenoid valve and it valves and it does that so that we don't end up having a flood or something what had happened was one of the solenoid valves was stuck on but we didn't know because the water changes happen at night and there was no flooding or abnormalities or anything like that with water level. And when we come down in the morning, the master valve is shut off. So now there is no more water coming out of that solenoid valve. But what that meant was all night long, fresh water was being put in those tanks. They were not getting that two hour break between water changes. And we didn't know it because the master would shut off it in the morning and change the shut off and so the water wouldn't reach that open solenoid valve that was stuck open and so we did not see extra water flowing into the tank so i learned something now that i'm about to tear down that system and move to something completely different <laughs> it would have been good to learn this you know four years ago but now i know now that i'm at the end of that system's usage um, to every now and then during the daytime say every month or so open your master valve and see if any water flows because it shouldn't each individual solenoid should be closed even if the master is open but if you go and you manually open the master and you get some flow then you know hey the valve that the flow is coming from is stuck open i need to replace that valve so for any of you that are building your own fish rooms with your own auto water changes keep an eye on that um Man, we, we tried for probably six weeks to figure out what was wrong with these few tanks. We just couldn't figure it out. It turned out they were getting way too much water change. And the issue is the water that's going there is coming straight out of our water supply to the house. It's, um, it's filtered through carbon and all that, but it's not stable. So it goes in the tanks and then the parameters shift quite a lot for the first half an hour or so. And then they kind of slow down, I would say. And um, so the fish are going through these multiple, this like constant, all night long, we're going through this unstable water constantly being jetted into the tank without a break to stabilize. And so the volume was high enough that uh, 
that was the problem. So anyway, you learn something new all the time. <laughs> Anyone building a fish room or having a solenoid system, keep this in mind. But the point is, when a customer gets a fish from a batch that's healthy and they don't do well, um, again, we could have done something in shipping. Maybe I, I don't know, I don't usually do this, but maybe I put lotion on my hands and some of that got in the water when I was fixing the shipping water, you know, or something happened. Or maybe something happened during shipping where um, they were put out on a hot tarmac for a long time or something. I don't know what it could be, a million things. Or maybe it is the aquarium that the customer has, that there's just something like that that they don't know is wrong, just like I couldn't know that that was wrong in my tanks. Um, but something happened and the tank is just wrong. So every, there's all these things and we never quite know. But um, I'm happy that we figured it out for um, for Liquid Zoo only fins um, and that they're doing well now. I'm glad we could could get you another batch and that they're they're thriving for you. That's what we want to do. And I, I kind of figured there might be something with that specific tank um, just because we've sold all the rest of that group except for two. I think we might have two left of the 173Bs. And they, they've done well in, in every case. So when they do well for everyone and then there's one case where they aren't doing well, usually it's like, ooh, it's got to be something going on in that tank. And then the solution is usually, well, let's put them in a different tank. If you have a different tank, let's put them in there. And by the way, I'm not talking to Liquid Zoo here. I'm, I'm just talking generally to everyone. If you're having problems, um, if you get a batch of fish and you put them in the tank and they don't do well, and, and this has happened with lots of customers besides Liquid Zoo, by the way, then generally what happens is please tell me and I'll work with you and we'll try to figure out what is going on in that tank. Now we often can't because I'm not there. I can't see the tank. Um, it's just over email. So there's only so much information that can be communicated even with pictures and videos and things. So, so often we can't, um, but if we can, then what we try is like, okay, take some other fish that you have, maybe one or two, let's fix the problem and then take a couple other fish and put them in there and let's give them a week and see if they do okay. And if they do, then it's like, okay, that problem's probably solved. We'll reship to you. Um, or the other thing is we can't figure out the problem, which often happens. So it's like, well, do you have another tank that's doing well? <laughs> that's stable and has been set up for a while and and uh, is seasoned and all that. Okay, I'm gonna resend to you at no cost. I'll pay the shipping and everything. And um, let's, let's put them in there and see if they thrive. And almost always they do. I'm trying to think if there's been a time when they haven't. There must have been, but I can't think of it. Um, so that's that's kind of you as a customer. That's what we we try to do. And not everyone likes that. Like I did have a an issue a couple of weeks ago. There was a customer that um, I was trying to figure out with them what was wrong in the tank. And and I try to do it in language that doesn't seem like I'm blaming them because I'm not. It, it could have been something on my end, or it could have happened during shipping. Um, if they get there seem okay, but then 
a couple days later they start dying like it could be a residual thing from shipping or from something we did here at dance fish while we were packing them perhaps or it could be i sent them and and they looked fine but there was a disease brewing that just takes a week to actually manifest to where i can see it that can happen too um but please know if if you get fish from us and they don't do well um i'll, I'll almost almost always unless someone's just being dishonest or being a, a total jerk or whatever i'll almost always resend with no cost to you um I, i'll pay the shipping and everything or refund and i'll pay the shipping on the refund as well so um the amount of shipping that correlated with the lost fish so when that happens and i respond and i'm like okay let's try to figure out what's going on with this tank uh, let's let's look at ammonia and nitrite um how long has the tank been set up is it new all these things what i'm trying to do is see if we can solve a problem so when i do resend to you we're successful that's that's why all the questions so i just want to talk about that a little bit just because I, I guess it's been sitting um I feel like the conversation I had with a customer starting a couple weeks ago, it didn't sit well with me because maybe I didn't word it right or something, but it, the responses almost felt like I was trying to find the problem in their tank so I could accuse them of being at fault. Um, so I could absolve myself of having to refund or reship or something. And, and that's not what I was trying to do. Um, it was curious because the, the tanks that they'd put the fish in had only been set up for a week or so. A week, I think they said. So there were new tanks. So with a new tank, there can be all kinds of problems. The tank's only been up for a week. I was just trying to pinpoint what it was. And I think I ended up inadvertently annoying them or offending them. Um, and so I, I guess <laughs> I guess you don't get along with everybody. I don't know what the moral is there, but... <laughs> Bottom line, I suppose, is that I'm really glad that for liquid zoo-only fins, it turned out to be a happy result, and the fish that were resent uh, seem to be thriving. So that's awesome. I hope you raise them up. I hope you get like a million babies, and all your dreams of spawning and raising them come true. Um, that's that's good to hear. That they're doing well. Anyway, we should get to this giveaway. For everyone joining, um, we know the audio is a little funky. We're sorry. We can't fix it without totally losing the chat so or losing the stream. So we're going to soldier through, and uh, I know exactly what, what went wrong, and I know how to make it not happen next time. All right, so let's get to the giveaway. So Stephen, a.k.a. Stefan, <laughs> Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics is uh, is providing a giveaway tonight for a hundred dollar gift certificate to dancefish.com that's uber generous of you steven thank you so much and i was tickled when steven reached out about that because steven's youtube channel is one of my favorites and i'm not just saying that it's a new channel it's not like huge not a ton of subscribers or anything but but i i'm a super busy guy but i'll find time to watch every video Steven puts out. Here's the reason. My background is in the entertainment industry. Um, so there's a couple cardinal rules in the entertainment industry. The major one 
is thou shalt not bore. That's the cardinal rule. You can't bore your audience. Um, and Stephen just has this, I don't know. I've never met Stephen in person, but I imagine he would be a real fun guy to talk to because he has this amazing sense of storytelling. Um, there's some self-deprecation in there. The rhythm and pacing is perfect. Like if I could bottle up his mind and put it on stage, it would be an amazing work of theater. It just how the pacing is. All the things that playwrights work so hard to get right, um, it, it feels like just comes naturally out of Steven. So I just have a, I, I, I watched his videos and I was just, when I first found his videos, I watched them and I was just like, Oh man, they kind of blew my mind. So I've been a fan ever since. So if you like fish content mixed with good storytelling, original, really funny satirical music, <laughs> um, check out Steven's channel. I've just posted a link to it. It's some good stuff. I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's, uh, it's really fun. It's really fun storytelling. So if you would like to win the giveaway, I did not actually get far enough in coming up with the hashtag because we were trying frantically to get rid of the uh, spots on the camera's sensor right before the live stream. But I think it should be edamame. And I'm going to have to look up how to spell that just so that I make sure I don't screw it up. If you don't know why I'm putting edamame, then you need to watch some of Steven's videos and you'll figure it out. So this is not easy to spell, but hashtag E-D-A-M-A-M-E, -E, edamame. And um, yeah, Steven will know why. People that watch his videos will know why. Mainly because it kind of rhymes with garami. <laughs> So, Stephen, thanks again for sponsoring, and thanks for all the laughs, man. I watch them. They, they crack me up, so I pull the kids and wife over. I'm like, you got to watch this. Jonathan watches them. We really enjoyed them. So, um, Another thing – oh, so let's, let's share this real quick. I don't know if I shared this. I, I shared the link, but here's his channel. Um, really, really fun stuff. Wow, you've already got 580 subscribers. You just got 15 subscribers, my friend, like in the last five minutes. But his channel is growing super, super fast. And I think it's just because he, he has all the, all the right notes of being an entertainer, honestly. He's it, a guy that directs plays and produces plays and has cast a lot of plays and dealt with a lot of that. This is someone that, again, I haven't met in person, but if what I see on the videos is what I saw in the audition, I would, I would hire like that. It's, it's rare to find that. We'll literally audition, I'm not joking here, hundreds of people for a single role often just looking for that. And we don't always find it. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty special to me as a thespian. Plus, it's fish stuff. So I like it on that level too. Now, before we get into questions and comments, I want to show you guys something that's awesome. If you don't know Tom from TM Aquatics, he does a lot of cool plecos, a lot of really cool corridoras, and some other stuff too. He's been playing with like some of the, the coral red pencil fish and things like that. Um, well, that was a while ago. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty behind 
on on things just with how busy it's been. But look at this. These are some amazing fish and the price is crazy. So green laser corridors for 16 bucks. Scleromystics Barbatus for only 10 bucks. I think I'm selling mine for 24.50. And Venezuelan Cories, the orange Venezuelan Cories for only seven bucks. I think ours are 12.50, 14.50, something like that. These are screaming deals. And these are all bred and raised by Tom from TM Aquatics in his fish room. So you're getting hobbyist bred and raised in the USA fish. It doesn't get any better than that. So what happens is um, TM Aquatics doesn't ship during the cold of winter and they've brought a bunch of stuff. So I think they're kind of trying to clear stuff out because before it gets too cold for them to be comfortable to ship. So um, I know I, I sell Barbados Cory's and I know I sell Orange Venezuelans, but I felt like I would have been doing you guys wrong if I didn't mention this because it's a great opportunity for you as hobbyists. I don't have a stake in this. Like, I'm not getting a kickback or anything. I just think Tom does good fish. I've thought that for years. And the price is killer. So if you've been wanting some of those species and have been holding off, I think this is the time to do it. Seven bucks for orange Venezuelan quarries. They're hobbyist bred and raised. They're not going through the stress of import and all that. That's, that's amazing. All right. With that, um, we're going to, I, wait, did I get everything? Oh, two quick things. One is a huge thank you to everyone that responded to our call to test um, our stuff on Aquabid to make sure our automated system worked. Um, thank you so much for doing that so, so we could actually rest assured that it was working okay because there's only so much we can see on our end. So we really appreciated that. And the other thing I want to ask is we're doing something right now with our heat packs, which is our concern this time of year is that it's just cold enough to need some heat, but often still warm enough that a heat pack could overheat a box. So if I'm shipping to you and your, your high is, I don't know, 75, or let's say 80, that happened recently, and your low is 50, that's a 30 degree spread. We literally had this box today trying to figure this out. So there's a 30 degree spread. If I put a heat pack in and it gets to you midday when your temperature is 80 and the heat pack has raised the temperature 20 degrees, we've got a problem, right? The box is now 100 degrees inside. If I don't put a heat pack in and it gets to you when your weather's 50 degrees, and I don't have a heat pack, then we have a problem. I need that 20 degree bump to get it up to 70 so the fish don't get chilled on the way to you, right? So that's a conundrum. Do you put a heat pack in or not? We do. What we've been doing though is wrapping the heat packs more heavily. We'll put them in their normal like uh, brown lunch sack, but then we'll also wrap them with a couple layers of newspaper and what we're hoping that's doing, well, we know it's doing it, but what we're hoping we're doing correctly is not stopping the air exchange to the heat pack, but slowing it down because it has to pass through several layers of newspaper. So the heat pack is in there. It's still getting warm, but it's not getting so warm. So I just wanted to get some feedback um, 
if anyone is getting those from us, are those heat packs still warm when you get them, even though they're wrapped in several layers of newspaper? Or are we doing so much newspaper that we're curtailing the oxygen exchange to the extent that they're hardly warm at all or not warm? Because we want them to get warm, but we don't want them to burn super hot. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and I, I think we're probably doing that, but we want to, we want to do a quick gut check with you guys and just, uh, make sure that no one's getting heat packs from us that are like, man, that's cold. Um, that didn't work. Right. We, if we're putting too much blockage on there, we need to change some things. So we'd like some feedback on that. Now I think, oh, there was one more thing, but I've forgotten what it was. Sorry, I forgot. Um, we are getting walls put up at the warehouse building site, our new um, facility that we're building to sell more fish and better fish. Um, next week, the walls are going up. So that's going to be awesome. We can't wait for that. Had a meeting with the contractor this week. Today, they insulated the slab so that we don't have frost problems. It gets really cold here in Wyoming. And um, they're just about ready to start putting up walls. So that is super exciting. That's the point where it will like feel real because now it's not just dirt and cement. We're actually getting some vertical going on here. Uh, they've been putting in the power and the power service and all that. So it's coming along, but it still doesn't look like much waiting for those walls. All right. I know there was something else. Must not have been important, though, so we're just going to go on, get your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment, man, that $100 is still up there. A hundy lasts a long time. <laughs> Thanks again, Liquid Zoo OnlyFans. I really appreciate that. Always appreciate it. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy when money falls out of the sky during live streams. Um, if you have a question or comment for me and you would like to interact, then please leave it in the chat now. If you make it at symbol Dan's fish, it'll highlight for me and it'll turn bright orange, um, just like this one from Paul Soltero. So I can see it as I'm scrolling through the chat. That's what I look for, these bright orange boxes. And just before we get into that, a thank you to my moderators for being here, for moderating the chat and doing what they do. Really appreciate it. The first question or comment I can see is from Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Um, so if you left one before that, please post it again. It's cut off. I, I can't see it anymore. The butterfly fish I purchased are still amazing. I started the Hydei species of flightless fruit flies, the large species. Butterfly fish are huge fans. It's Olympic level feeding acrobats. Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, butterfly fish would love fruit flies. That would be awesome for them. One day, I'm going to find some flightless house flies and do a culture because I think they would even like something that big as well. But yeah, the Hydei are awesome. I've done them before and uh, they are amazing. And for that species, for the butterfly fish, I think that's the, the right size. Can you get a video of them like jumping around, catching those? That would be awesome. Sounds like fun. Paul Soltero, have you seen Latakara? Uh, how do you say the species name? Araguiare, I think. I'm going with that. On your list, I haven't. Um, let's take a look at what this fish is together, shall we? Some of those dwarf cichlids, I just don't know that much about. Oh, yeah, that's a really pretty one. So we're asking about this fish. 
Araguaye is what I'm going with. That is a pretty little dwarf cichlid, isn't that? Look at that. Oh, <laughs> that's totally natural. Not oversaturated at all. Guys, if you're going to mess with the vibrance and the saturation on your pictures, at least do it to a realistic level of what the fish looks like when it's fired up. I mean, geez. Research gate. Yeah. It's even a research institution, supposedly. No, no, don't believe it. This, I believe. That, I totally believe. That? Come on. <laughs> anyway, good-looking fish. Nope. Every time I find a dwarf cichlid that seems peaceful, I do order it. The issue is I'm not yet ordering directly from Peru, Colombia, or Brazil um, at this moment. But we will. And once I do, then I do have several species on the lists. That one might be on one of those lists, but I haven't paid real close attention to them uh, just because I'm not set up to import from those countries at the moment. But there are a lot of dwarf cichlids on there. Um, I guess I should re clarify what I was saying. I don't always order peaceful dwarf cichlids, but I do when I'm going to place an order from a company and they have them, then I definitely do. So... It's, it's on my mind, though. The, the reason I haven't brought in yet from those countries is they're pretty well served. There's already established trade routes between those countries in Miami. So there's a lot of those fish coming into Florida. What I feel like I've been able to do is find areas that aren't served yet, uh, places where you really can't get those kinds of fish from and focus on those. So since Peru and Colombia and now Brazil's back open, um, they've been pretty well, uh, I don't know, those are being brought in lots from other places. I didn't focus on those. I went, I went elsewhere. I looked for, I call it the meadow. <laughs> so this is when we're training our kids to play tennis or volleyball or whatever and we're practicing together what we say is don't look for the trees look for the meadow meaning hit the tennis ball where there are no people right the people are the trees look for the open space the meadow hit the volleyball there hit the tennis ball there right that's what you want to do to score on somebody so that's kind of what i did when i was setting up some of my uh, suppliers, I was like, where's the meadow? Where's the open space where nobody is, is currently um, importing from or that isn't saturated yet? And that's, that's why I've got the rainbow fish and the gobies and the corys and plecos that you, you really can't find most places is because I found a meadow. And so I'm focusing there. But when you're small, it makes total sense to focus on only a meadow because you don't have the capacity to do more than that, right? You're very limited in what you can handle, so you should try to sell stuff that other people aren't selling. Um, it just makes sense when you're the small guy. However, when we move into the warehouse and we're not so small anymore, then, and we're gonna let the data dictate how we do this and how quickly, but then it might make sense to continue bringing in the meadow fish, but also maybe some of the trees as well and getting some variation there. Because um, it would be nice if we had more things so that you could fill a box with more fish you wanted instead of 
oh, we only have one thing you want. Well, that's not good. But if we have three or five things you want, then maybe it's like, oh, now it's worth placing the order and paying the shipping. So we totally understand that. Um, it's just a little guy trying to grow smartly and aware of where the trees are and where the meadow is, is how we're approaching this. Kelly Foreman throwing down 1999. Kelly has been <laughs> super jack queen these last few. Thank you so much, Kelly. An awesome giveaway from an awesome guy with an awesome channel to buy some awesome fish from an awesome business. Awesome! <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. We should we should have changed the, the hashtag to awesomeness. <laughs> Kelly, thanks so much. Um, appreciate it. The super chat very, very much. Also, I know I need to get back with you and some other folks, um, and I will. <laughs> I promise I will. It's just uh, I know there's some business we need to talk. We're just running really fast here, so we'll get to that. Though. New Mexico Aquatics, little Bobby. A shout-out to Dan and Preston John for the recent giveaway I won. The fish are fantastic, Dan. I will email you the details when I have more time. Thank you both. Yes, I love it when Preston John does a giveaway. I know you need to be able to go pick up from Preston directly because he doesn't ship, but when you can get the stuff he has, it's worth the drive if you can. And, and by the way, we'll always – I figured out how to do it now so that um, – so that it'll work next time Preston does a giveaway. Um, so people have been kind of frustrated because they're like, it's a giveaway for stuff I can't get. It's like, yeah, but, you know, we could do no giveaways. How many channels give away, you know, free fish every week? Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, it's not required that we do a giveaway. So there's a little, you know, spoiled puppy in the corner going on there. But... Um, but I get it. So the second giveaway Preston did, I was like, okay, I'll give away something as well. But I made a mistake, which is I put Preston's giveaway first. And so lots of people entered that. They couldn't actually win it. So when it went time to draw, um, it was like, all right, this person won. And they're like, oh, I can't get to Arizona. It's like, okay, try again. This person won. Oh, I can't get to Arizona, right? There's a lot of that. What I should have done and what I'll do next time, and it's a super easy fix, is I'll do my giveaway first because I'll mail that anywhere in the United States. And then we'll talk about Preston's giveaway a few times during the stream so people know it's there and coming. And then in the last five minutes of the stream, we'll say, okay, now it's time. This is Preston's giveaway. It's only for people that can go pick up from him in Arizona. So do not enter if you can't. And we'll do his giveaway real quick. That way, the problem is when I start with his giveaway and it goes for an hour, hour and a half, a lot of people automatically join the giveaway without having heard at the beginning of the stream or read the description or whatever that is for local pickup only. So I figured out a fix for everyone that... Uh, that was frustrated by that. But honestly, really, do we have to be frustrated? Preston is generously giving away awesome fish to someone. Let's be happy for that someone. <laughs> Instead of mad, it couldn't be us. I mean, come on, people. <clears throat> holy cow, speaking of super chats, they are flying and they're big. Holy cow, Naomi H2O throwing down 50 bucks. Thank you so much. Thank you, Naomi. Adding to the super chat 
chat train to say thank you to Dan and team. Yay, Random Arms. Yay, Mandy. For excellent service, sourcing rare fish, keeping fish healthy, and sharing your knowledge every week. Hey, you're welcome. And thank you so much for putting a dollar amount on that and throwing it at us. We really appreciate that. And, and folks, I, super chats are never required. I never want anyone to think they can't super chat or chooses not to, to think uh, that somehow that's disappointing. It's not. It's it, no requirement whatsoever, but it is greatly appreciated when it happens. Uh, thank you, Naomi. We are a startup business. As you know, we're, we're clawing our way <laughs> to, I mean, we have legitimacy, but we're clawing our way to sustainability to where we can actually um, support the team. We need to do what we need to do without us all having to draw on our savings every month, right? So um, we're in that situation now where we're paying ourselves peanuts. We call it ramen wages. It's enough for top ramen. Um, so that we can afford to make the change we want to make and get to where we need to be to be sustainable. So in the meantime, the Super Chats really are appreciated. So thank you. The Secret History listening, listening in your aquarium, living in your aquarium. Hey, Alex, thanks for doing what you do. We need rare and oddball fish that get overlooked. Check out Red and Black. Oh, yeah, these are the, um, I can never say it, but it's the African pencil. No, it's like an African leperinus, right? Incredible fish I just found. Yep, those, um, so there's a lot of those. So this is an interesting um, genus of fish. Let's just show these to some people. They used to be kerosens, which are basically tetras, but they just got removed from that gene, from that family. What is it? What is a kerosene? Is that a, it's not a genus. Is it a family? Might be a family. I forget exactly where it goes, like kingdom, phylum, order, class, family, genus, species, I think. Anyway, um, but they're no longer considered a, um, a kerosen, a, a tetra-type fish. They're now their own family. Apparently, from what I read, and I have not had time to do a deep dive on this. I wish I could. I haven't had time to do a deep dive on anything for a while, but apparently they are clo more closely related to catfish than to tetras, which was interesting. Now, again, that was just a cursory thing I saw. I haven't verified that or anything. But check these out. They're absolutely beautiful. Um, I can bring them in. I have a supplier for them. I have not yet because most of them get very large and they appear to be quite aggressive. However, there are a couple species that are smaller, and um, I am talking with a gentleman in West Africa to see if I can bring some in. Um, so I might try with one or two of the small species, find out what they're really like, and then decide if it's something I can do. I mean, I'll probably never do the big ones. I don't want to contribute to the... Uh, I like monster fish and I really have a lot of respect for people to keep them properly. So I, it's not like I think they should be illegal or banned or anything. I think people can make their own decisions. Um, but I don't want to be part of the issue of selling fish that in six months or a year or whatever are now going to have to find new homes just because they got too big and the owner can't provide the, the proper care for them or isn't willing to provide the proper care for them. So, so those really large ones, I'm probably not going to get into. 
Um, but they do seem like a really cool group of fish and we're learning a lot about them right now. There's been a lot of knowledge dropped on them recently. So I'm with you, Alex. It's a group that I'm pretty excited about. And, and again, I am talking to someone about them. Um, see, we can't bring some in. Unfortunately, so I did have some lined up. But one of the real effects of COVID and how it's been handled is that, and, and by the way, I'm not getting political here. I'm not saying anything about good or bad or anything about it or any policies. I am not getting on that. This is not a political stream. But one of the actual things that happened because of it and how it's been handled is a supplier that I had lined up a shipment that included some of that, those fish, um, went out of business during COVID just because they didn't have enough saved up or they weren't able to, to pay their expenses and it put them out of business. So I did have a shipment that included those, um, some of the smaller species, two of them of the smaller species of that genus um, lined up and it fell through a couple months ago just because they, that company is no longer solvent. So luckily I hadn't paid the company yet. That's another story for another day, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, not to be outdone cares aquatics and exotics throwing down $200 holy cow Bob thank you so much awesome job Dan and the entire team well that right there is enough for donuts I think <laughs> for the team <laughs> wow cares aquatics and exotics thank you so much uh, I, I, I always have trouble expressing to Bob how much I appreciate him but for those that have been following for a while, you've seen what Bob's done for this company and this channel. Um, for those that are new, you won't know. But let's just say that there's been a time or two when Bob's super chats, specifically his super chat wars, um, that he would get into with Mile High Plecos. I wonder how, I wonder how Mile High Plecos is doing these days. Um, would this is early in the company when we were just started and things were really tight and really rough as they are when you start a company with almost nothing um where, where bob's contributions kept were like the thing that i wouldn't say they kept us in business because i would have found a way to keep going no matter what i think i'm pretty dogged about that but they were the thing that month that kept us going they 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 were the unexpected solution that month that gave me the ability to, to like go, oh, okay, we're going to make it till next month. <laughs> like, um, so Bob's an OG customer, an OG member of the channel, and just I, I can't thank him enough. And there's lots of stuff Bob's done behind the scenes that you guys don't know about that's been very helpful and, and helped us get to um, where we want to be. And so me and everyone here at the team, Bob, is really grateful to you. So thank you so much, as is Brenda, by the way. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> Brenda's gonna be so happy when she hears the super chat total for what, 375 bucks. That is gonna make her super happy. Thanks everybody for the super chats. Again, not required at all, but 
but they do make the wife super happy here. Isaac Korn Stubble. Hey, Dan, where did you import the Agazizii from? Mine seem to be coming down with some kind of genetic deformity that makes it have a crooked spine and regressing stomach area from the Czech Republic. Um, mine came from a supplier in Indonesia. So I don't think they're the Czech. Um, I don't know where they got those from originally. There are some fish, though, and I don't know if the double red is one of them that did originate in the Czech Republic. Basically, what happened, uh, the reason why the Czech Republic is so unique with the kinds of fish it has is, so back in the day, um, we discovered these aquarium fish, right? And they're really cool, and the, the hobby started to kind of boom. And then the Iron Curtain fell, and it fell over Czechoslovakia as well. And suddenly, they were behind the Iron Curtain, and they could not get access to a lot of the, to the Amazon fish, to a lot of the fish that they had been able to access before. And so what they did is they took the fish they had, and they played with them right? They spawned, they couldn't get any new fish. And, and I'm generalizing here, but just for the sake of making the story easy to understand, they couldn't get any new fish. So they had to breed and raise the fish they had. And in the process of doing that, they developed some amazing domesticated strains of fish. Some amazing epistos. I believe the kind of orange von Rio tetras came from there. Um, lots of fish where they took a normal fish that's pretty cool, and they developed lots of variations of it, whether it's long finned or different color variants and all that. Because that's what you do when you don't have access to the fish you used to be able to get. And you can't get new fish and try new species. So you breed and you come up with cool stuff, right? So that's why the fish from the Czech Republic, there's, there's just a, a group of fish that came out of there that is unique and you don't find anywhere else. And some of that had to, you know, when you're doing that, sometimes inbreeding happens. And just like a purebred German shepherd that is very likely to end up with hip dysplasia, um, maybe there's a tendency for some of the epistos to, with age, I would imagine, develop a crook spine and the, the pinched in stomach that you're talking about. Now, I don't know that for sure, but just sitting here as an armchair warrior, it seems like armchair philosopher, no, armchair armchair fish nerd, um, it, it seems like a possibility, right? I don't want to spread the rumor mill that that's what's happening. but And I don't know that most Czech fish are like that either. But it's a cool story what happened in the Czech Republic. <laughs> Geek Boy, $7 for Orange Venezuelan Cores. I know where that $100 is going if I win. <laughs> Isaac Cornstubble, another fear is tuberculosis, but I'm hoping not. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking about mycobacterium, I'm not an expert on that, uh, but there's usually the way I understand it is that that is going to appear as like sores on the fish, um, like open lesions on the surface of the fish. But I don't know that much about it. Mostly that's how I recognize it because it's a rainbow fish nerds, bowheads live in mortal fear 
of mycobacteria because it's uh, mycobacterium because it's so prevalent in rainbows. They just seem very susceptible to it. So uh, I know kind of what it looks like in, in rainbows, but I'm, I'm not sure about apistos as much. So maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's a parasite in there that's doing it. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's age. I have no idea, Isaac. Um, but I'm sorry it's happening. And I wish that this was an area that me and anyone else in this hobby knew how to do better. But diagnosing and treating sick fish is just an area that in this hobby, in this industry, we do poorly. And I don't think we can blame ourselves just because, like, if you have dogs and cats, you have a neighborhood vet you can take them to, right, and get expert help. With fish, we don't have neighborhood vets. There's not the vet down on the corner you can take the fish to. So, of course, we struggle. But I would encourage everyone, if you're going to keep fish, to uh, do some research, find out everything you can about disease and medicines and things so we can do a better job on that because we need to. If we don't, I think the consequence is going to be that medications get banned because when you use medications incorrectly, the government tends to want to crack down on that because you can create some real problems. So, and, and I'm in there too. I'm just doing my best, but I'm not a veterinarian. However, we are partnered with an aquatic veterinarian now here at Dance Fish. So I feel a lot better about what I'm doing because I've been able to talk to this veterinarian, get some guidance, get some confirmation that what I'm doing is okay or not okay, and get some actual diagnoses that I can work with. So. Um, we're doing what we can here at Dance Fish, and in general, I, I know it's hard because there's not a lot of experts out there you can talk to, or the neighborhood vet you can take stuff to, but there is stuff you can learn. There's articles you can read, there's peer-reviewed information on studies that you can read to get stuff. There's, uh, let me just post this here. A place to start, I'm not saying that it's the end-all be-all, but a place to start is the um, American Aquarium Products page where you can read about different medicines. Let me post this here. And uh, their uses and their dosages and things like that. So it's not the end-all be-all. You can also get a hold of the, is it the Merck or the Merck? I forget, but the big treatment guide that has all the dosages of all the different medicines for fish and other animals, that's available online. You can, you can find it online. So there is some... There are some resources out there, but I, it's the place that frustrates me the most, I think. <coughs> Just because we're not doing a good job. And I don't see a solution to that, honestly. I don't see any kind of easy solution to it yet. Punchy paints. <laughs> pooping on me just to show she cares. Thank you, Punchy Paints, for the poop emoji. <laughs> uh, Tyler Jenna's. I hope I said that. Jenna's. Jenna's. I'm not sure if I should make an S sound or a Z sound or if it's like a sound. We're going with Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Thank you. I'm an easy ordering fish, but I live in eastern Washington, so your selection is unreal. How likely is it to ensure a delivery on a Monday through Wednesday? Thanks. Um, yeah, I have stuff delivered Wednesday all the time. So I ship UPS next day air. 
Um, if I ship on Tuesday, it should get to you Wednesday, even if you're fairly remote. Now, Eastern Washington, I've driven through. I know you're probably pretty remote <laughs> out there in the, what is that? Kind of like a desert plain kind of? Um, high desert maybe. But the only times when packages seem to get delayed is when there's a snafu, like a piece of equipment it a sorting it one of UPS's sorting warehouses breaks down, or there's a I don't know some big massive weather event. It generally happens about once a year that we have a large number of packages that are held up for I don't know there was an ice storm or power went out in the entire city or or something right once a year and it generally happens to be around February when that happens. Um, apart from that. I think there have probably been less than 15 boxes so far year to date that did not arrive the day they were supposed to. They might not have arrived by 10.30 a.m. They might not have got there till noon or even 4 or 5 p.m., but they've got there the day they were supposed to. So generally, it works out pretty well. Not generally, almost always. Like it's very surprising and very rare when the fish are delayed and don't get there the day they should. And it doesn't seem to be a correlation between big city or rural areas. It seems to be a correlation between a mechanical failure was the last one. Um, and just one box was delayed. It happened to be at a sorting station where that one box ended up and, and something happened. Um, or something just gets scanned wrong or something. But it's, it's, it's here and there. It's individual things. And it doesn't seem to happen more to anyone in a city than a rural person or, or vice versa. It doesn't seem to be location dependent. So I don't know if that helps, but, um, but that's what I've seen from my end. And by the way, Tyler, um, if there is, I'll, I'll pack them. I always pack them to survive three to four days. So I used to ship USPS priority and that would, they, they say that's two day shipping, but no, <laughs> rarely is two day shipping. More often it's three day shipping and it can also often be four day shipping. And so I would pack the fish to last, you know, a week in the box was my goal. So if I sent them Monday and they did not arrive till Saturday, they would still be okay. That was my goal. And sometimes that happened. Well, now that I ship next day, I still pack the same. So your fish are still packed and prepared and everything to last several days in the mail, um, even though they get to you the day after I send them. And so if they were to be delayed for you, they'd still probably be okay. <clears throat> and if they aren't, I'll resend or refund at no cost to you. I'll even pay the portion of shipping that is associated with any fish that, that does poorly. So on the financial side, I've got you covered. Um, fish tank barn throwing out a five bucks. Hey, Mike came late and I looked into the old days with Kaler and mile high like super chat wars. Yes. Oh, and it looked like, sorry. <clears throat> Reading is hard. <laughs> Came late and it looked like the old days with the Kaler and Mile High Pleco super, super Chat Wars. Yeah, it feels a little bit like it.
Yeah, there were days when that would drop my jaw. <laughs> and again, it was really appreciated, Bob. And if you're listening, Mikey Trevor from Mile High, um, it it helped massively as a young company trying to scratch its way into existence. So thanks again. For those just joining, I know the sound is a little poppy. Um, we know what's wrong and we know how to fix it for next time. But if I do fix it now, we'll lose the stream. So we're just going to soldier on. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I'm told it's tolerable, but not the crisp, clear sound we are used to. All right. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. I will get a video Puffer Fly. Uh, puffer Fly. <laughs> 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 All right, that's another one. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag pufferfly. <laughs> the African pufferfly fish. Oh man, I'm gonna have to do a T-shirt that's a cross between a puffer and a butterfly fish. And call it a puffer fly fish, but I don't have the manpower to do that right now. We we need that. But I should. Here's a quick commercial. We are hiring at Dan's Fish. We're growing like crazy. Last month was our busiest month ever. This month we've more than doubled what we did this month a year ago. Um, we're moving into a much larger space. Instead of just me, there's now three of us here working full time. Like the company's booming and we need to hire our last position. And we've always, not our last forever, but the last of our, when we first started, we wanted to hire four positions. Me, random arms to do tech, an operations specialist, that is Mandy, who's been hired, and then a content creator and marketing specialist. We have not found the right fit for that last position. So we're looking right now. So if you like to create content, you know your way around a camera and video editing software, photo editing software, um, that is a position that we need to find. And so we're looking. So if that's you or you know someone, then please cover letter and resume to dan at dansfish.com. We... We haven't found the right fit. We're, we're pretty picky here. Um, we want a happy, fun workplace. And so we, we look for that. We need someone that we, we don't have. We're a startup, right? Ain't no one babysitting anybody. It's just we have a quick meeting in the morning. I'm like, here's what I'm working on today. Jonathan tells us what he's working on today. Mandy tells us what she's working on today. We figure out if anyone needs help on anything that they're working on today. And then we break off and we just get our stuff done. And we yell for help when we need it, of course. But I can't be looking over Jonathan's shoulder and making sure he's working. And he can't be looking over my shoulder, making sure I'm working. And well, Mandy keeps us both in line. But we, you know, we're looking for that person who's just driven by the mission, loves what they do, and will come in and add some expertise and some some sweat equity and help us get where we need to go. Um, you would have to move here to Sheridan, Wyoming. This is an in-house position. It can't be farmed out. I don't know how you're going to take video of the fish if you're not here. Um, or, you know, if we see something awesome going on in the tanks, we need someone to be able to be like, oh, got it, and run over with the camera and capture it. Um, so it does need to be an in-house position. 
But it's a beautiful place here in Sheridan, and we've got an awesome thing going. So we're looking for that person. If that's you, please apply. Or if you know a fish geek, we're basically looking for a Jimmy. We need a Swiskey. <laughs> anyway, what did he used to call himself? Is it like Shashimi Jimmy? Is that it? He's old YouTube name that no one could say. Oh, I, I forget. Anyway, <clears throat> we're looking for a Jimmy. <clears throat> hey, Jimmy. No, I'm joking. I know the co-op's treating you great. Um, by the way, I will say this about the co-op. Um, I like almost everything they do. And one thing I really like that they do is anytime I talk to an employee from the co-op, the employee really does feel like they're being taken care of. So that's awesome. Um, I know Corey often talks about what he's doing for his employees and things, um, but that's just coming from, you know, the face of the company. But when I talk to people, they say the same thing and they don't have to. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, and, and I think we are too. I think we're a good place to work as well. Okay. Quick refill. I'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. There's 210 people here. We'll see 211. We'll see how many are here when I take a 10 second break to get more water. Just a moment. Whew. 210. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, sorry, my throat's a little... So, I'm getting over a sore throat. Um, last couple of days, I've actually been kind of sick. Um, but it's good now. Like, I, I, I broke through this morning. You know when you're, you're sick and then you wake up one morning and you're like, it's gone. That was this morning, so I'm over it now. It wasn't, it wasn't a horrible thing. It was just one of those things that where you still work and you can still get around and function you just kind of feel miserable and you're super tired because it's draining your soul is one of those. But I'm almost back to hundred percent. I'd say I'm about 85% right now. Um, but my throat's still pretty sore. So I need a little bit more lubricant than normal. Okay. So I'm scrolling for chat. <laughs> Mountaintop puffer keeper. I will get a video of butterfly fish eating flies this week. It's great. Yeah, I want to see that. That sounds awesome. Toad Tamer. Crypto Heroes Nanolutus is a surprisingly peaceful dwarf cichlid. Its convict cichlid moniker makes it scary. But the one I have doesn't really bother my other fish. Oh, that's awesome. Let's let's look at this one too. Not that familiar with them, so I want to take a peek at what we're what we're looking at. Oh yeah, that does look really pretty. Check this out. Bam! So I'm assuming this is our breeding color. This bright bright yellow here, and that this is our uh, everyday dress. That's what I'm assuming. But both of them are pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with me. <clears throat> yeah, it's just, it's a group of fish I've not been able to get 
super far into yet because I've been trying to make smart choices as I'm gaining a foothold, right, in this industry. So it's Amer. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Paul Soltero, perfectly understand how you're managing your growth, but um, that Dorsiclid definitely swims in the meadow. Yeah, oh yeah, sure, sure. It does, but its supplier doesn't. That's the issue. So if I bought a bag of those, I'd also have to buy a bag of, you know, all the other common South American fish to fill an import. I'd have to, you know, I need like 10 boxes minimum, dozen boxes minimum. And these are big boxes, right? So a few thousand fish to make up the imports. So um, I understand what you're saying. That fish is hard to get. So that's a meadow fish. <clears throat> but I would have to get a lot of non-meadow fish in the import in order to bring that one in. So that's the issue. Now, if I have an opportunity to get it without having to do that, then I definitely will. And I do every time I find those, those peaceful dwarf cichlids, but I don't find them very often. Kerosin is the genus? No, no, that's not correct. Um, like, so, for example, um, let's look at Neon Tetra. That's one we all know. Okay. So, Parakai, of course I did one, I can't say the genus. <laughs> Parakyridon inesi, right, named after Dr. Innes, who wrote those early aquarium books that I grew up on. Okay, so the name of this fish, the Neon Tetra, is Parachyridon inesi. The genus is Parachyridon, the species is inesi. Kerosin, I believe, is the family that this genus belongs to. Okay, let's find this. Kerosidae? Uh, there it is. Kerosidae, what is this? Okay, it's an order. Kerosidae is a family, so this is the family. Kerosidae, the kerosids or kerosins, is a family of freshwater subtropical and tropical fish belonging to the order Kerosiforms. Okay, so it sounds like kerosin is a family and it belongs to this order here. So it would go order, family, genus, species, I believe is correct. All right. Sometimes you just have to take a minute to be like, mm, let's look into that. Michael Wiggins, what's your favorite fish of all time? Oh, man. I mean, I, I think it's Fundalopanchak's gardener eye, just because that's the first fish I bred and raised um, as a youngster, the first egg layer that I bred and raised successfully. Here it is. It's a killifish, and it's a very easy, hardy, <clears throat> beautiful, great killifish to begin with. And they do look every bit this good. I mean, they, they are beautiful. These are not exaggerations. There's no Photoshop needed on this. They're they are this pretty. They're really, really pretty fish. 
I think part of the reason I like them so much too is it's the first fish I had to hunt down and really seek after and figure out how to find. So I was a kid and I was reading all these killifish books in the local li- or books in the local library, and sometimes they'd mention killifish and I'd see pictures. And one of the pictures was Fundalopantex gardneri. At the time, it was called Aphiosimian gardneri, and. I took this book into the pet store, a local pet store, and there was that and Nothobronchius racovii or racovii or however you say it. I always say, well, I mix it up (laughs) Um, and a couple others. And I showed them to the store owner and I was like, can you get this or this or this? And and they kind of gave me a hint of where to go. And I figured that out and this out and eventually ended up meeting my fish godfather, Jim Forche who had a, a fish room and he had several species of killifish. And that was the first time I, I really kind of found out how to penetrate the world of killifish and get some of the fish I really wanted. And so part of it is it's the first fish I bred and raised successfully that was an egg layer. But part of it is, is it, it was like this mission to find killifish and figure them out and how do you get them and all this. And I went through that and I was like 13 and I cracked that code and got into the American Killifish Association and all that and and was off to the races. So I think part of it's also just that, that experience that made that fish so special to me. Um, and like, I was way into it. I think I was 14, maybe 15, I don't know, when I had my first article on Killifish published. Like I, I was nerding out, like I was way into it. And up till a few years ago, that was really my focus. I still like them, but I'm trying to grow a business here. So I kind of had to change focus a bit. But one day when I'm retired, I'll have my breeding rack of just killifish again, and I'll focus on them again. I think they're amazing. Nah, one do. Um, what do you think about adding crushed coral for freshwater tank to raise KH and GH? If you recommend it, what is a good rate to add it? Yes, I think it's an amazing thing to do if you need to stabilize your water parameters. And I wouldn't worry about the amount. I would just put as much as is aesthetically pleasing to you. Um, honestly, it's going to dissolve as it's used up. So if you see it getting dissolved, um, you can add some more. Or if you test periodically and notice, hey, not as much as it's dissolving, because as it ages, it will dissolve less frequently because the easily dissolved particles will already be dissolved, right? Um, But I I would just test it occasionally and then add a little more if you need to. But I don't think it's like, well, you need an inch or you need two inches or you need a light layer. I, I just put in whatever is aesthetically pleasing, see if that works. And if you don't test and adjust. Um, each water parameter is going to make that different. The amount of water changes will make that different. Uh, plants, no plants, how much you feed, um, how much metabolic waste is being processed, uh, and how much acidity is resulting. Uh, there's too many variables to tell you, do this amount and you'll be set. You do have to test and adjust. Fortunately, that test is super easy. You can get a simple little test strip, dip it in, pull it out, take a look, and get a good idea of what your KH and GH is. Um, So it shouldn't be difficult. For those that are just joining us, I do want to uh, once again remind folks that we're doing an awesome giveaway tonight. 
sponsored by or provided by Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics, this channel right here. And if you'd like to enter, hashtag edamami. We'll get you entered to win a $100 gift certificate to dancefish.com. Fishman, any quick tips on breeding Aphiosimian Achilles? Well, you've picked a good one. They're one of the easiest ones to spawn. Um, honestly, I, I think the I think what people would have trouble with is is not spawning them. They spawn almost automatically, those guys. But what I would say is There's a million ways to do it. Here's a quick one. Separate the sexes, fatten them up. Get that female nice and plump. It might take a week. Feed her frozen foods and live foods. Okay, get her nice and plump. Then find a bear tank or even like plastic shoe box. Put a spawning mop in there and uh, have, I don't know, have it cover or, or take up about a quarter, a, th a third to half of the water volume, let's say. Let's say you have a plastic shoe box. You fill it with four to six inches of water. Put the mop in there, have it cover 25% to 50% of the water volume, kind of taken up by this mop. Put a lid on it. This is very important. And this should be nice, clean water. It should be gassed off and aged and everything, but it should be clean water. Then you take the fish, you put them in there. Don't feed them or anything. Just put them in there for two days, then take them out and check your mop. I bet you it's going to be just full of eggs. Um, then you can leave them in there to hatch. Maybe add a little bit of methylene blue if you want. Old timers used acroflavin. Um, that's, a, that's a little harsher chemical and a little more dangerous. Um, or you can use hydrogen peroxide to kind of help the eggs not fungus. But even if you don't do that, they're probably not going to fungus. Um, one important thing, this this helps a lot, is do 100% water change after you take out the breeders. If you're in like a little shoe box type thing, do 100% water change with nice, stabilized, gassed off, clean water. It's the right temperature. That will flush all the sex gametes out of that water because uh, it, it can be it can get pretty dirty with all the spawning going on. Um, so that'll flush all that out so you have a lot less decom decomposing, decaying stuff in there. Because um, is, is those is that uh, reproduction material, shall we call it, dies or starts decomposing and stuff, that can be a problem. So flush that out, um, fill it back with fresh water, then put in your hydrogen peroxide or your methylene blue or whatever. And I bet you that within 12 days to two weeks, let's say, depending on your temperatures, you'll see a whole bunch of little babies. So that's one way to do it. <laughs> There's lots of ways. This might be a record for being behind in the chat. <laughs> I, think, I think we're setting a record. We only set the good records here, right? How far behind in the chat is he today? <laughs> record far, that's how far. Okay, I'm scrolling back up because chat jumped. Bunny Viper, hey, good to see you, Bunny Viper. Can't wait for the for Friday when my new dance fish arrive. Is that 125 gallon behind you? Yes, it is. That's 125 gallon, um, which is six feet long by 18 inches front to back. 
The 120 is the four foot long by two foot um, tank. How many six inch fish can you keep in a planted 180 gallon? A lot. Um, which of those do you prefer? I'd prefer the longer one. Wait, hang on, they're both 72 inches. Then probably the shorter one. I don't like a really high tank because it makes it hard to do maintenance. So I'd go with the longer one, but they're both the same length. So the shorter one, which I'm assuming is the 30 by 72 by 18. Does that mean it's 18 inches tall? Is what I'm assuming. If not, if it's 30 inches tall, then I'd go with the 24. Okay. Let's see if we can fix this here. Okay, I think we're back. Are we back? Um, folks, could you let us know if you can see us and hear us? If we're back? We're back. We're back. Okay, geez. Sorry, guys. Internet just went bye-bye. Like, I don't know if a tree fell over or lightning struck something, but it just went, boom, gone. Which... Man, Stephen P., I'm so sorry. We had a nice crowd here for your drawing. Man, I was about to draw it. It was it was getting exciting. So I think I'm going to draw it now. I'm just going to wait a second for other folks to join back in, and then we're going to do the drawing real quick here, folks. Sorry about that. Um, and that rattled my brain so much that I can't even remember what I was talking about before that, but we're at the time to end anyway. So folks, we're going to do the drawing now. I'm just waiting a second so folks can get back in that we're kicked off when our internet just disappeared. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Hey, the good news is a lot of folks have come back, Stephen. So we'll, we'll do your drawing in just a moment here for a $100 gift certificate to dansfish.com provided by Stephen P. 2003 Aquatics. So come back in, folks. We're just going to wait another minute, and then we'll do the drawing. Um, sorry, Stephen, you have the technical difficulties stream. I, I don't know why, but sounds popping and Internet's leaving. <laughs> that was the Wyoming wind. Hey, you're not kidding. I mean, for those who've never been to Wyoming, the wind can actually do that. It is pretty intense sometimes. Luckily, Sheridan is one of the places where we don't get constant wind. We're blocked, it's blocked by the mountains. We're right up by the mountains. So we actually have pretty decent weather for Wyoming, but but it's still Wyoming. Okay, 183, I think that's good. I'm about to do the drawing, folks. Can you check up the drawing? Just yeah, let me make sure the drawing's still intact here. Um, I think so. It looks like it is. It's stagnant though, so I can't tell if it's it's at 187 eligible users for the drawing. Have you made yourself eligible? No. Would you join real quick so I can see if the ticker changes? So guys, we're just trying to make sure that the drawing's still intact. We're about to draw it. Sorry for the difficulties today. You did it. It's still at 197. I'm gonna refresh. I don't think that'll do anything bad. Oh shoot, it did. Okay, everybody, due to all these, wait, it's, it's catching up. Hang on, I've got to wait. Here's what's going on. So Nightbot got funky uh, with the power, go the power didn't go out, with the internet going out. We had 97 eligible users. 
now we only have 23. I think that that's Nightbot gradually kicking back in, but you might need to re-add. So please hang on real quick. I'll fix something here. I did not enable anti-spam. So you can please add yourself again to the drawing. If you if that may, means that you entered twice, it won't kick you out or anything because I... I've set it up to, to where you can enter more than once. It won't increase your odds at all, but it won't kick you out. So we're back up to 75K. I'm just going to wait for people to rejoin. <laughs> Be careful working with Steven. Chaos will reign. <laughs> Steven P. 2003, Lord of Chaos. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. So we had a 197 entered. We're back up almost. We're back up to 151. I'll just give folks another minute to type in hashtag edamami. And then we'll, we'll uh, finally be, be done this technical nightmare and we can go on with our merry lives. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thanks for sticking it out, everybody. Um, it's been a while since we've had a technical blow up, so I guess we were due. It's really just statistics, like all possibilities under the bell curve will happen. This one usually doesn't, but today was the day. But the good news is, since that happened today, we're probably going to be clear for another six months to a year before the next technical blow up happens. So um, that's what happens when you go live, I guess. And when you live with the Wyoming wind. <laughs> All right. We will get this drawing done. I just uh, I want to make sure everyone can get back in that was kicked off when all this, when the internet cut out. So we're almost there. We're at 190. I think that's pretty good. So I'm going to give it just a minute. I think we're good. We're going to go ahead and do this. So if you've not re-entered to draw yet, I apologize. Do it now, because we're about to draw this thing. <laughs> okay. How to get the most chats in 30 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> so what's going to happen is, now that all that happened, salami, hashtag <laughs> salami. <laughs> <laughs> Degenerate fish keeper indeed. Um, now that that happened, YouTube's going to think there's something special going on, and it's going to send everyone here in time for us to end the stream in their faces. That's what's going to happen. Okay, let's do the drawing. $100 gift certificate to dancefish.com, generously provided by the Lord of Chaos, Stephen P. 2003 Aquatics. And the winner is Epic Aquariums. You have won. You have two minutes to throw down a chat that says I'm here or something so that we know that you're here. Um, and I'm going to frantically try to fix my chat, which went down. Okay. Chat went down with that too, at least on my window. Okay. Epic Aquariums. I guess this is one way to be sure people are still around for the drawing. That's right. <laughs> Michael Took says I won. Interesting. Epic is here. Congrats. All right. All right. Epic, there you are. Awesome. 
You have won. Let's shut this down before any like demons are unleashed into the realm. Um, and because <laughs> the Lord of Chaos is ruined, apparently. Um, anyway, would you send me an email, Epic Aquariums, to dan at dancefish.com? I need, uh, well, I don't need much. That's all I need. Just an email, um, and I will send you a $100 gift certificate provided generously by Stephen P. 2003, Aquartics, a.k.a. the Lord of Chaos. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks to my mods for being here, doing what they do. Thanks for all the super chats. That was freaking amazing. $386 of super chats fell from the sky despite all of the technical difficulties. That's that's a good night. That's going to make my wife smile. Um, thanks for everyone that left a question or comment. All you lurkers, hail the lurker nation. Everyone watching on the replay, thanks for being here. I hope one day you can make it live, but... I understand life is busy. Everyone listening on the podcast, why are you still listening? I understand the sound is terrible. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. The sound will be fixed. And until then, thanks again. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye. We got through it. (laughs) Good night, folks.